0: Questions for you. This is a one week, this is not a series. This is just a one night because next week we are going to hear from the bishop Hannah Reeder. She's wrapping up her internship, and so part of her internship is speaking, and we're just gonna support her next Wednesday. I look forward to hearing from Sister Hannah. But my question tonight is why. Do you love? How about when do you love? How do you love? Who do you love? That one probably seems like the easy one, right? What do you love? Tonight I want to speak for just a little while on looking for love. Love. Jesus, Father, thank you, God, for all that you've done, you're doing, you're getting ready to do. Lord, anoint me, Lord, that you could just speak through me, speak your word to those watching online to people gathered here today anoint everything that goes on not only in this sanctuary but underneath lord god with the children and student ministries father that there be an, a powerful word that would go forth in each part of this building the discipleship course that are going on that's going on downstairs there's so many different classes so many different things happening lord i just pray anoint every single classroom every single speaker lord that you'd have your way in Jesus name amen so I came across this last week an article online about things people love and things that bring joy to people's lives. So here are 10 of the interesting things that I found from this article about things that bring people joy, things people love, all right? Number one, it's, uh, uh, this article said, puppies Anyone love puppies? All right. Puppies bring people joy. They love puppies. I love puppies. I just don't like when they pee in the house and chew on stuff. And So maybe I'm a one-year-old dog guy. Kittens. How many of you love kittens? I, I'm just ready to sneeze looking at the picture. So... Some of you like kittens. Less, I feel like less of you like kittens than dogs, which is cool with me because I'm, I'm the same way. Third thing people love is sipping a warm drink on a cold day. Anyone, anyone look at that and say, now that's what, now that's great. I feel like there's more people that like that than like puppies. If you're watching online, jump in here, you know, just, just go ahead. And say, I like puppies or I don't like kittens or I like sipping, you know, however you want to answer. Free food anytime any place. How many are up for that? <laughs> love free food anytime any place. How about getting in bed after a long day? Anyone love that? It's a great feeling, huh? For some of you you're like you are the only thing standing between me and getting in bed. After a long day. How about a warm towels or blankets straight from the dryer? Yeah? He stopped raising your hand. Anybody like that? All right, a All right. couple of you. How about snuggling? Huh? I put a baby, but you know, that could be romantic too. I just didn't want to put a romantic picture of snuggling. That'd be weird. How about the feeling after a really good workout? Anyone? (laughs) Some, Some of you are like, what's working out? What's that? Come on now. How about waking up and thinking, it's time to get out of bed, but realizing you have three more hours left to sleep. Come on, has that ever happened to anybody? That's one of the greatest feelings in the world. You're like, oh, man, i got to get up. I can't even barely open my eyes. You sit up, and you're like, wait. No, i got three more hours left. Is this, That's great. I love that. about when you drop your phone and it didn't crack? <laughs> you're like, no, uh, whoo, and you, your heart just, big relief, big, big relief. Yeah. Anyone love everything on that list? Like everything that I just listed, you love everything on that list? Anyone? We got two. Okay. That's 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 cool. Oh, we right, three. Four. Four everyone love. Anyone here not love anything on that list? Like nothing on that list was like, yeah, that no, that doesn't make me happy, doesn't bring me any joy. Nothing. <laughs> that's good. So, for the people in-house, I don't know about online, people in-house, I have mentioned at least one thing you love. I had ten, 10 tries. That's great. Everyone loves different things. That's why you can say, who loves puppies? And you got like, whoa, And other people are like, oh. And then like, you go, who loves kittens? And other people would love to raise their hands and the other people are like, yeah, right, never. To me, I would never have a kitten. Like, I wouldn't be able to breathe. I'm allergic to cats. But we toss the word love around, oh, I love chocolate mug, I love Texas Roadhouse, oh, I love the color of that pew, I love, like we just throw it around, you know, like, oh, I love warm towels, I love free food, I love a good workout, I love, I love warm drinks, well, what is love There have been hundreds of movies that try to answer that question and and depict that in various storylines. There have been hundreds and hundreds, thousands of songs written about love. Just listen to some of the titles. I just literally did a Google search and said, top songs on love through the years. Listen to the titles. What is love? (laughs) Don't... Don't even hum. Don't sing. (laughs) I will always love you. I want to know what love is. It must have been love. Vision of love. We found love when a man loves a woman. You can't hurry, love. the power of love. I just called to say, "I love you." Can't help falling uh, <laughs> Can't help falling in love. I mean that everyone is searching for love. I don't care how tough you think you are, how big you think you are, how um, I'm in tune with your emotions. You, everyone is searching for love. Love is universal. It's not limited to race, education level, skin color, language, continent, decade, gender, socioeconomic background, age. It's not limited to any of that. Everyone is looking for love. Not just romantic love, but love that shows acceptance, kindness, concern. Love that places value on someone's life or situation. Love that brings a peace and fulfillment for why you exist as a person. And when people cannot find that, they will also often turn and begin to look for that love in other places. They want someone to notice them. And I know there's people maybe watching online or hear that and go, nah, it's me, I'm fine. I don't need no love, I'm fine, I'm fine the way I am. You are such a terrible liar. Every human being wants some form of acceptance of someone to care for them, love them, to, 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 to actually care about their feelings, what, what they're going through, to value them, pay attention, share life experiences. And when someone doesn't immediately find it in a safe and a godly setting, they will start to expand their circle. Of what they're looking for. And this usually ends in compromise oftentimes when it comes to romance. Because someone will look around and they will say, not much here for me. I'm going to go look out there. Because we long for that. But the yearning for love is so powerful that if we're not careful, it overtakes our, convi- our convictions our commitments, and our consecration, because we will start to say, yeah, but there's some, so much longing for something in me that I'm willing to go ahead and take a risk, and we take risks on things that are eternal. Sure, there's a, there's a lot of intelligent life on planet Earth, okay? I do not believe that I used to be an ape a couple billion years ago. I'm not that handsome, but I'm not that ugly either, so I'm not, I, 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 didn't, I didn't used to be an ape some, at some point in creation and evolution. I, I, I was created as a baby boy, okay? And nothing, nothing, other, other mammals reproduce. But nothing feels, experiences, and processes the emotion of love like human beings. Scripture tells us that we were made in the image of God. And so, he must have known a thing or two about love, right? I mean, if we are so consumed with love in our time frame, where all the songs, all the movies, and you could say, well, I don't care about that, I don't, yeah, right, at some point, you have watched a love story, listened to a love song, sang a love song, gave someone a love song, read a love song in a book, I mean, or a love story in a book, like, you've. everybody at some point has engaged with the concept of love. Even if it is, just saying, I love the rolls at Texas Roadhouse. And I genuinely do. I want to spend the rest of my life with them. <laughs> Check out what scripture says about God. First John 4, 7 and 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. Speaking of another song, you ever heard this in song form? Oh, you got to let it's good. I don't want to mess it up for you, but... It says, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Notice it does not say God's a loving God, or or God, uh, God, one of the characteristics about God is that he's loving, like that's what we think sometimes, but that scripture says God is love, like one of the most basic English sentences you can get. God is love. Succinct, but yet so powerful. Love is not some random emotion. without God is the starting point of love. It's where love emanates from him. Like that is the launch pad of love. Without God, there is no love. Love does not exist on planet Earth. It does not exist in creation without God, because God is love. Love. He is the source from where love begins. And that passage goes a step further than that when it says, if you don't love, you're not of God. I mean, that's, that is straightforward, almost a little harsh, like, whoa, if you don't love, you ain't of God. That's what he says. If I cannot love, I'm not of God, for God is the very essence and source of love. And so when God says, I'm going to put my spirit inside my people... I'm going to place my spirit in them. I'm going to give them this beautiful prayer language. There's going to be a sign that they have received my spirit. Now there should be fruit or evidence of his love indwelling in our lives. And Paul writes to the Galatian church and says, hey, I'll tell you about the fruit or the essence, the, the, the evidence that God's spirit is in our lives. I'll list it for you. He says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. In our lives, very first thing he lists is love. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, all of that. It's all listed, but he says love is where it starts. See, people have downloaded and streamed millions and millions of love songs through the decades. Watched millions and millions of romantic movies about love. And there have been millions and millions of romance books Sold each year. But the greatest love story of all time is the Bible. It's the pursuit of God whose love is in pursuit of us throughout the beginning of time. Everyone, everywhere, through all of time, every age group is looking for love. They are looking for this feeling that can be only completely filled by knowing and being in relationship with the very source of the thing that they're looking for. Because all it is is, is you know, if, if I show love, well, you're getting an element of my love or you're getting an element of her love or he's getting an element of his love. And, and so all, this, all of this, it's just, it's just simply passing on from the source where all love starts, and that's God. God is the source of everything humanity is looking for. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every continent, age group, education level, skin color, culture, whether they realize it or not, they are looking for God. Now, I know everybody, people will argue with me, and I understand that, but because when someone says, well, I don't want anything to do with your church or your religion, I I actually would argue and say, I I, I would agree with them actually, not argue. I would say, I think that they're, they're right. I know we say, no, they just don't know it yet. No, truthfully, there are people who want nothing to do with your church. But my argument would be, but every single person is looking for some form of love. Some form of of love. Not everyone's looking to go to church to worship, to be a part of a faith community, to live a disciplined and consecrated life. Some are not even thinking about eternity or consequences of actions. That's not even, they're not even on their mind. So when people say, I don't want anything to do with, with your church or religion, they probably mean it at that point. That's why I don't start a conversation by pushing my church and religion. I'm not gonna say, oh no, you just don't know it. You just never been to my just come on, you gotta come. Like somebody says, I don't want anything to do with your church and religion. I'm not gonna keep pushing my church and religion. But I will say, everyone is looking for love. Now, sometimes with some people, the minute a preacher starts to emphasize love, it kind of happens in Pentecostal churches sometimes. Everybody like gets real tense. Like, are we leaving truth? Are we going emergent? He's preaching love. I hear that from all these other places. You know, people can get scared, and rightfully so in some cases. There have been some who have wavered in their faith and have focused solely on love and lost truth. But I want to be in the Bible. And I want to masterfully weave the concept of love and truth into one single concept, kind of like John did. You look at 2 John 3 through 5, there's no chapters, just verses 3 through 5. Grace, mercy, and peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us, who live in truth and love. It's, again, these two concepts, and he's talking to these people who are living in both of those kinds. He doesn't, he doesn't say truth or love. We're living in truth And love. How happy I was to meet some of your children and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. I'm writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one that we have had from the beginning. Notice how he's merging. Hey, you're living in truth and love and, and you're loving truth. But let me remind you, or you also need just love one another. We live in this culture of like either or. Which one? Pick one. Choose. Pick a side. Whose side are you on? Does your church love people or are you still following the Bible? Do you believe all that stuff or do you care about people? And you're like, well, uh, get backed into a corner. Like, well, choose, pick one. Like, hold it, why? Why are, you, why are you trying to get me to pick one? Why can I not do both? Why can I not live in truth and love? Well, because some of the things the Bible says, that goes against certain people. It does not go against certain people. It goes against sin. And so it's not either or. I can love everyone while still preaching and standing for truth. John celebrated the fact that they're living in truth, and the next moment he reminds them hey, remember, love one another. The formula is not a simple choice of either love minus truth or truth minus love. Like, live both. I prefer to always start with love. Knowing this, that love can lead someone. Love is the door. Love is what opens the door for truth. Christ loved us so much, he gave himself. We're about to look at that. But I don't have to come. And sometimes in my passion, impatience is really what it is. I come to someone and I just want them to know what truth is. And we can try to push truth on someone. But guess what? Someone who feels unloved is less likely to receive your truth, even if it's true. But love is what opens the door for truth to actually work. God is love. But look at this other passage, John 14, 6. It says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth. And the life, no man cometh to the Father but by me. So let's remember this. God, by his own volition, by his own knowledge, by his own words, he says, God is love, God is truth. So we serve a God who, these are not just elements of who he is. This is the the core of what makes up our eternal, wonderful Savior, okay? God is truth, and God is love, So what is the very essence of being a Christian, the the most basic definition is to be like Christ, Christ Christ-like. And so if Christ is truth and Christ is love, I'm filled with his spirit, then I want to, I don't have to choose one of those. I want to live a life and live ministry and pursuit of truth and love. That, that, That is the core of what I want to be. And isn't it interesting? The devil, being anti-Christ or against Christ, has done his best to pervert those two things. Truth and love. I would argue that the devil has gained his greatest ground in our world by perverting these two things. Look around at society. Yeah, but we're falling away from God, and people are standing. I can't believe they believe that. I can't believe people are falling for that. I can't believe people would embrace something like that. I can't believe the perversion that's entered our world. Listen, because the enemy has succeeded at perverting the very core of who God is, who he calls us to be, and that is truth and love. Think about it. The devil has people today looking for love in all of the wrong places. And number two, saying that truth is relative. It's based on personal experience, personal opinion. Truth is relative. And so now you're having all of these fallacies out there. You're going, what? Well, who are you to tell me what truth is? I'm not telling you. I'm telling you what the word of God says. The word of God is still the source of absolute truth. And so, but yet in our defense, as people say things and do things, we want to just like go, are you kidding me? That's not truth. And we want to lead with truth because we're passionate for truth. And I want to stand for truth, but here's the thing, to make an impact in our world, truth is going to have the greatest impact in the lives of those who feel love. And again, that doesn't mean, well, you have to choose one or the other. No. I want to be like Second John where he says, truth and love, living and truth and love, living and truth and love. I don't want to choose one or the other. I want both. In one of the churches I toured recently in, in preparation for our construction, the lady said, so many churches preach about what they're against. We're not going to do that. We just want to love people. I didn't say nothing. But as I'm walking through the building, I'm going, yes and no. Because if there's never conviction preached from the pulpit about a call to repentance, a call to respond, a call to change on our current path and go a different direction, there really is never going to be true repentance. So truth has to be preached. But truth has to be preached with love. So even the hard messages that I preach, the things that I will beg God and pray as I'm leading up to standing in this pulpit is saying, God, help every word, even if it's a call to repentance, even if it's a a rebuke or correction from the word that I feel God's laid on our heart for, for me and all of us, I will say, God, help every word to be bathed in love and compassion. Love and compassion. I'll never stop preaching truth, but in every message, I want to preach it with love and compassion. Because what good is truth without love? What good is love without truth? And that's where people somehow in churches and mainstream denominations, like, we get lost in this. Like, we have to choose one or the other. I, I, I want you to know, when you leave this place today, live a life of, where you stand for truth But live a life also where you don't forget to love. Let love be the the precursor, the thing that leads to truth. Truth has the greatest impact in the life that feels loved. So what's God's expectation of love? Does does he have an expectation? How do we know if we're loving well? Well, Well, the Bible gives some clarity about what love looks like. It's preached at marriage ceremonies all over the country. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and this vision is a picture of love. Somebody wrote or sang the song, I have a vision of love. It probably is different than this. 1 Corinthians 13 says, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of the angels but didn't love others, I'd only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Drums are beautiful. But my boys are taking drum lessons, six and nine years old. And so Jackie thought it'd be a good idea to get them a drum set so they could practice at the house. <laughs> so um, so when someone is skilled, like the drums sound awesome and so do the cymbals, Okay. I mean, if we brought up Janae or David right now, we just like it would—it would sound awesome. I've been to a concert once where they did a drum solo, and the, the the whole drum thing started spinning, and then it went up in the air, and then it turned sideways. So you're like looking at the tops of their heads, and they were strapped into the seat, and they were doing drum duets, and it was like spinning. Like that'd be cool, David and Janae, just <laughs> heading up there, just like spinning like this. My boys aren't there yet, though, and I know you have to start somewhere, so it's kind of at the stage of like, <laughs> and like, I never want to be that dad. I want to be like, oh, good, buddy, that's good, keep practicing, but sometimes you're just like, oh, God, stop. And when I read this, I say, without love, I'm like a clanging cymbal. I kind of hear that noise in my head. Like, I want to be a Christian. Like, I stand for truth. You need truth. You need truth. You need to come to my church. Sometimes I think that's like. I think that we do need to be bold in our faith. And I think that we need to go. But I think instead of just, I'm going to get in your face and tell you what you're doing wrong. I'm going to give you truth. Even when your truth is truth. I'd rather start each day with going God at some point today I know that you have a divine appointment for me with someone help me not to miss it help me to not to, help me to see that conversation to be thinking through the lens of eternity with every conversation that I enter into imagine imagine what our lives tomorrow on Thursday will look like if all of us woke up and said God you have a divine appointment with me somewhere, so with someone today, help me not to miss it. Help me to view every conversation through the lens of eternity. Man, would God use our lives in a mighty way. But oftentimes, you know, like we post on Facebook trying to defend truth. It's like, yeah, I I don't even know how many friends we have. My wife's business, I don't even know half these people, but... Thousand, two thousand 2,000 friends. Oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post something in defense of truth, and it's going to change everyone's life. Never. Never. He says, if I had the gift of prophecy, and I understand all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I'd be nothing. I mean, wouldn't we we'd be like, man, that guy just, that girl just moved mountains with her faith, with his faith. That's incredible. No love, you're nothing. That's, that's pretty straightforward. Well, are you kidding me? If I could move mountains with faith, I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, but in the eternal scope of things with love, you're nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, that's pretty solid. Even sacrificed my body, wow. I mean, that's. I could boast about it, but if I didn't have, if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And so then he says, you want to know what love is? Somebody sang a song about that. I'll show you. Not whoever sang that song. I'll show you. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. You ever say to somebody, oh, yeah, well, remember that time I did, you know? It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. So if you walked in going, man, I love, I have no issues with love. I know that. I'm a Christian. I love well. Reread the list. Do you love well? Because I know, I try to, but I have a ton of room for improvement. I started this message with the questions, why do you love and when do you love? How do you love? Who do you love? What do you love? And what is love? Well, God just told us. Love is patient, kind, not jealous, not prideful, not rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable. Doesn't keep records of wrong, doesn't give up, keeps the faith, remains hopeful. And love is 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 not based on circumstance. So no one just send this to me for my recording and I'll just play this at all my future wedding ceremonies. Because it's an incredible guide for loving a spouse, right? Oh, yeah, we're married. We've been married a long time. Well, how's love look in your your marriage? Is it patient, kind, not jealous, not prideful, not rude, doesn't demand its own way, not irritable, doesn't keep records of wrong, doesn't give up? A lot of people giving up these days. A lot of people giving up on marriage. Keeps the faith, remains hopeful, Love is not based on a circumstance. How's our, how's our marriage? It's not just marriage, though. How about as a parent? How are we doing? How about in ministry? How are we doing? Loving a lost soul, loving a ministry. What, I can read through this and go, every facet of my life, God's called me to Love. Love is not just romance. Love is not just marriage. Love is not sex. Love, love is everything. Love is, love is patient in, 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 in every. It's me toward my kids, me toward my spouse, me toward the church, me in ministry. Love is patient, kind. Doesn't keep record of wrong. You, the, I can read this and go, man. The essence of what God's called us to be is to love. And if he defines what successful love is, because God is love, it emanates from him. But thank God for the letter from Paul that he clarifies a little bit more what loving well looks like. And I don't know anybody that's just mastered the whole list. I certainly haven't. And then the passage says, in the middle of there, toward the end, it says, love rejoices whenever truth wins out. So there again, he did not just call us to love, the church to love, but love and truth go together. Love rejoices when truth wins out, because love and truth are not either or. God celebrates those who can embrace love and truth at the same time. God said in two separate places, I am love, I am truth. So then he fills it with the Spirit, with his Spirit, and he says, Remember to love and hold on to truth. If you can't do those things, you're none of mine. I mean, whoa. So to me, I take that to heart and I go, God, help me to love well and never let go of truth. Help me to love well and never let go of truth. Is it safe to say just based on that, that I am absolutely going to make heaven my home if I simply cling to truth and love well? Right? Because if I'm clinging to truth, my life is going to align with truth. If I love him with all my heart, if I love others, he says all the law and the prophets, it comes down to new things, love God and love others. So if I love well and cling to truth, my life is going to align with what God wants to do. Look what Peter said in 1 Peter 4, 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't just mean loving and forgiving one another. Love covers sins. Think about this. John 15, 13, he says, Greater love, hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ did just that. He laid down his life for us, and love certainly covered, at that moment, a multitude of sins. As a matter of fact, an entire world of sin. But why did that happen? It's because of love. Well, because in the Old Testament, you have the, the, the scapegoat, and you have the atonement lamb, and you have the blood of Calvary. Absolutely. It's rich with typology. The word is so powerful, it's so deep. But if we really boil it down, why did that happen? Love. Love. Because God looked at his creation, saw a bunch of sinners who needed a savior, And didn't just go because of law. He went because "Hmm, I love those people. So here we are sitting, forgiven, spirit-filled, sins washed away. Part of a church and a body of Christ, first and foremost, because his love covered a multitude of sins. And then God looks at us as I bring this to a close and he says in John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another like I have loved you. So there's an expectation. I mean, to whom much is given, much is required. There's an expectation of love. I loved you. I expect you to go and love other people because if you can't do that, You're none of mine. Because I am love. I'm the essence of love. Love starts with me. When I put my spirit in you, if you can't love, my spirit's not operating in your life. If my spirit's not operating, you're none of mine. That's how important the concept of love is. Would you stand to your feet? this world might not be looking for, at this moment, not yet your church, your religion, but they are looking for love. People are looking for what you already have. They're listening to songs about it, crying tears from secular artists who have powerful voices and write really emotional lyrics because music's powerful. They're reading books, looking for romance in books and Associating it with love, they're searching for relationships, they're watching movies about it that pulls in your heartstrings and makes you go, oh, I wish I had someone. Or people who are married will uh, watch this, those goofy movies, and go, oh, I wish I had someone like that. It's not even reality, it's not even reality. They're looking for love. In God's word, he says, I am love. And I am truth. And now I'm going to give my people my spirit. And I'm going to commission them to go and take that love that I showed them. And I'm going to call them to go show someone else that same love. And as you show that love, never let go of the truth. And a lot of people are just pushing love and truth doesn't matter and it takes a back seat. That's not what I read in scripture. But I also don't read just embrace truth and forget love either. It doesn't have to be either or. I want people to go, man, Refuge Church, they're like the most loving church in the community. But if you go there, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to be Truth. You're going to hear the truth, and you're going to feel truth, and you're going to respond to truth, and it's powerful. But Lord, help nobody to ever come in these pews and hear truth without feeling loved. But not help not to just come and feel love and not know what truth is either. It's not either or. And so tonight... What is love? The vision of love, all these songs, all these words. Well, just go back to the book of 1 Corinthians 13. Paul kind of clarifies what love is and how to love well. And I think we can all say, "I I got some room, I got some room for improvement. I could love a little better. God help me to love well, to love the church, love ministry, love my spouse, love my family, love my children. Love people who are hurting and broken. Love the community, God. Help me to love lost souls. Help me. Well, I don't know lost souls, but God put a love in me to just look at someone and to see instead of rushing to the next place that I can, I can say, God, what is it today that you have a divine appointment for me? Who is it that I can love well today? that might open the door in their life for truth because of the fact that they felt loved. I invite you right now to just find a place to pray and just kind of contemplate the words of this message, to think about love, to think about what He's calling you to do, love well in your home, toward your spouse, toward your children, in ministry. God help us all. Open the door for truth. Through the, through the doorway of love, God, help us to do both well, to cling to truth and never let it go, but to love well also.